Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. From now, our good friend Ryan Horvath, our teammate on the BetQL Network, stops by talking college football. The whale capper, Drew Dinsick, 40 minutes from now, joins us live in studio. Then it's Lochmas, Ken Barkley's entire college football card for week number two. And then it's the big-ass power hour. We'll hit every game on the board week one in the National Football League on a Sunday side total and all the latest injury updates in the NFL. But joining us right now, one of the... Uh, one of our favorite guests on Phenomenal Football Friday. They've been coming on with us for years, and we absolutely love him. On the Mount Rushmore of You Better You Bet guests is the great Colin Wilson from the Action Network. Now, you got to be following Colin on Twitter. If you don't, please rectify this grievous error by following him at underscore Colin1, Colin spelled with two L's. And we want you to check out Colin's college football betting podcast, Big Bets on Campus, not only featuring Colin, but also two other friends of our show, the great Brett McMurphy and the great Stucky. They all support us, so please support Colin and uh, and the guys over at Big Bets on Campus and check out Colin's work over at the Action Network. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy week two in college football. Happy week, too, my guys. I'm glad to be back. And, and Nick, waking up and seeing the, the board of spreads back in play, like, it just made me so happy. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah, absolutely. People can, uh, Nick, on Twitter, tweeted out the, the videos, the links on there, right? Is that the easiest way for them to it find is. it? It is, yeah. Yeah, board of spreads is back. Uh, Four-year absence? Four-year absence. That's crazy. And Colin's been on this the whole time. Colin was on when the board of spreads used to exist the first time. Pretty amazing. Ridiculous. Uh, Colin, I, I, we asked you before you came on, uh, our board op did, what – What's your what's your favorite bet this week? Like, what games do you want to talk about? And I believe your answer was every home dog. And I'll just, like, spoil Lochmas a little bit. I kind of agree. And it's, like, scary how much I agree. Like, the number of underdogs I'm betting this week, like, astronomical. But before we get to any of those games, like, have to ask you about Colorado, Nebraska, because, like, basically everyone who bets has an opinion on the game or has bet the game. And if they bet the game, they probably bet Colorado. Uh, the current spread is Colorado by three. The openers were a little less. Obviously, this is a drastic adjustment for Colorado because of what happened to TCU last week. Any thoughts, even if you don't have a bet on the game, any thoughts, strategy, approach for Colorado-Nebraska tomorrow noon? I do have a bet on the game. I took Moneyline to start off the week. The very When the number came out on Sunday, I immediately hit it because I knew there would be this appetite from everybody to get in on this Colorado team. So I was happy to lock in a nice Moneyline price. I wasn't surprised. Did a race all the way up to three. I think I saw some three and a half sports kind of settle back in at two and a half, some good two-way action going on here. And there, there's just a different line of thinking with people. There's like Colorado got adjusted too much. Nebraska didn't get adjusted enough. This number has gone way too far. I obviously have to play Nebraska because the number has gone way too far. It was minus seven last week. Like I get all that. But let's actually break down the game. Like when you break it down, Nebraska does not have what you have to have to beat this Colorado team. And, and right now – I said this on our BBOC podcast last night. Like, Deion Sanders is at the crafts table, and he's hot. And he's rolling dice. And, you know, it, it's not sustainable what he's doing, what Colorado's doing. But I think I'm going to roll with them for one more week. And last week, they beat TCU on different, for, for different reasons on each side of the ball. 
One, they were terrible in standard downs running the ball. They could not run the ball a lick. They averaged 11 yards on third down and converted half their third down. Like, it's just not sustainable to be able to run an offense like that. And then when you look on the defensive side of the ball, they lived completely on defensive havoc. Like, they never stopped TCU from running up and down the field. They just relied on havoc. So, while I love, you know, defensive havoc, and while I love explosive plays from, the, from passing downs on offense, it's not a sustainable model. The problem is Nebraska can't expose that. They're a good run defense. doesn't apply here. They're good at running the ball. Yeah, that's okay. But the problem is, is your quarterback, when he gets in third and long, Jeff Sims has, you know, I mean, he's like Adrian Martinez reincarnated. He's just, he's just a turnover-worthy play waiting to happen. So I'm rolling with Colorado for one more week, but everybody needs to realize what they did to win that game, it's just it's not sustainable whatsoever. And by the time they get to Oregon USC at the end of the month, they're going to get pounded. Okay, that's a thought on Colorado, both over the course of the next month and also coming up on Saturday against Matt Rule and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Colin, let's go to the other marquee game coming up on Saturday, obviously in Tuscaloosa with Bama and Texas. Jalen Milrow, Nick Saban, and the Tide, a touchdown favorite over Sark and the Longhorns total 53-and-a-half. What's your handicap? What are your bets, if any, please, in Alabama and Texas? I have Alabama minus seven, and it's it's not a small bet. And and I think the one area that we can focus on is that the Texas offensive line was tormented by Rice last week. The Rice defense front seven had eight tackles for loss. Uh, they were all over Quinn Ewers. He couldn't connect on a pass. The, the rush attack for Texas was terrible. Uh, if you take out C.J. Baxter's 32-yard run, he went four of six yards for the day. The rest of them couldn't get it going. The offensive line was under scrutiny the entire day. I just – I cannot believe Rice, a bottom 50 front seven, applied so much pressure to the Texas offensive line. You go to the other side of the ball, Sark's already scared about pass rush integrity, which means they're overrunning their passing lanes, and that means Jalen Miller is going to take off. So there's just too many factors here. I'm back in Bama. Okay, Colin, you said you liked a lot of home dogs. I was going to ask you about this game at some point over the course of this interview, but why don't we do it here? Because I'm going to guess this is one. I, I know a lot of people that like this side. I like this side. Oregon's about six, six and a half at Texas Tech, the Tyler Shuck revenge game for the Red Raiders, which is pretty funny. Uh, did I correctly nail a home dog for you? Or if not, just any betting thoughts, Oregon on the road in a tough spot. You did. There's a couple of them I don't like, but this is one that I really like. And and I think yeah, yeah Tim DeRuiter, by the way, was not asked by Dan Lanning to stay in Oregon either. So it's like a couple important pieces for Texas Tech were given the narrative street, like don't come back to Eugene. So there's definitely going to be, you know, they're going to be fired up for this. Now, when you break down the box score from last week, that loss in Laramie, there's just nothing in there that's bad. I mean, there's nothing that just flies off the page that says Texas Tech is not a good team. They are a good team. They had a lot of success early in the game. They went a little bit stagnant there at the end. And then we've never seen Wyoming do this kind of offense whatsoever. Just weird things happen in Laramie. The elevation's high. There's, you know, it may already be snowing. Who knows? But down, you know, in this game, I didn't dock Texas Tech whatsoever. This is a number that I make around four. So, I mean, there's just this heavy adjustment in there for Oregon coming to town. And by the way, go look at some home road splits for Bo Nix. It's not pretty whenever he leaves the friendly confines of what used to be Jordan Hare and now Austin. You better. You better hear with Nick and Ken. Phenomenal football Friday. Talking week two on the college football slate with the great Colin Wilson from the Action Network and the Big Bets on Campus podcast. Colin on Twitter at underscore Colin1. Colin spelled with two L's. Colin, maybe another home dog. Uh, Wolf's not really. It's like a dog, dog oh. family, right? Wolf's yeah. like the dog family. Yeah, it's one of the owls. Maybe another dog that you like will be the uh, the NC State Wolfpack catching seven and a half at home against Sam Hartman, Marcus Freeman, and Notre Dame. So the Golden Domers 
Seven and a half point road favorites. Fifty and a half is the total. Uh, Colin is NC State, one of those dogs that might be barking coming up on Saturday. You know it's barking, Nick. I, I mean, I am getting my NWO Wolfpack shirt out. I think I'm going to wear it on our live show tomorrow morning on BBOC Live. Like, I am all in on NC State here. Um, and I think, you know, Notre Dame hasn't allowed a touchdown yet, and I can go on and on and on about how great they've been. But Sam Hartman really struggled against NC State. Six interceptions the last two years that he faced this Tony Gibson 3-3-5 defense. Uh, and then when you go to the other side of the ball, I mean, Brennan Armstrong is the quarterback now. And the handicap, I've known this for five, six years on Brennan Armstrong. You bet with him against defenses that can't tackle or, or allow explosives because that's all he is is a scramble and score kind of quarterback. Notre Dame, they faced Tennessee State. They faced Navy. They ranked 95th in PFF's grading of tackling. They're not tackling well whatsoever. It tells me Brennan Armstrong is going to bust a couple plays. And of course, like I said, Hartman is just cannot figure out this three-three-five defense. Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna try to go three for three here. I'm sure there's way more home dogs than this. I almost want to say Arizona State because I love them. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Oh man, I don't know if you have this team. I do. Utah Baylor is a really interesting game. So you gave us a great handicap. You came on with us the night of Utah Florida and literally like explained to us exactly what was going to happen in that market. That the line was going to go up for Utah when Cam Rising came out for warmups. During like national anthem, he's going to be on the sideline in uniform. Line's going to tick up. Line's going to tick up with the expectation he'll play. Then he won't play, and like the live market will come crashing down again. Like you actually nailed that completely. From everything I've read, Colin, it seems like the exact same thing might happen this week. Maybe Rising ends up playing. Maybe you have information I don't. But we could see maybe the same dynamic. Meanwhile, Baylor's starting a backup quarterback, Sawyer Robertson, who we've like never seen before in a Baylor uniform. Blake Shapin's hurt. Really, really interesting game. Like a ton going on at quarterback. Utah seven and a half, eight point favorite. Favorite. Did I did I get another home dog here? I know this is a weird one. No, I mean you you didn't get it from the fact that there's only a couple of home dogs I'm not playing, and this is one of them. And I understand what's going on in the market. Utah's taking in all the money, and then if Cam Rising suits up, it'll pop up. Then he won't play. I mean that whole thing is going to happen over again. The problem with Baylor, why it's one of the teams that I'm not betting on this week. I'm not saying that I'm pro Utah. Go go lay it on the road. But what I'm saying about Baylor is, is Texas State absolutely destroyed them because of Baylor's offensive line and because of their secondary. And these transfers that came in on the offensive line from BYU, they are not working out. And this secondary still has as many problems as they had last year. Sawyer Robertson went 6 of 12. Now, it didn't look particularly good last week. We'll see if he can improve a little bit. But, listen, I, I am fine with home dogs. I love home dogs. You've already heard me talk about a couple of them. But when your biggest gap, and you're, you're a 30-point favorite to Texas State, and they completely exposed you on the offensive line. I think Texas State had like 12 tackles for loss. Like they, you know, they, no way. No way. When it comes to offensive line and secondary, if that is a huge gap and you lose as a 30-point dog, forget it. There's no way I can back you. Uh, I, I just want to go back to the, the Wolfpack shirt. Like from the the old WCW theme song, which is iconic, obviously yeah. the lyrics always always stuck with me, which was "Don't turn your back on the wolf pack. Yep. You might end up in a body bag. Of course, like that, like they will, like they're gonna kill you. You know what the home dogs are gonna do? They're gonna they're gonna cause mass destruction. <laughs> yeah. the, the home dogs cause mass destruction. Uh, yeah, they'll they'll literally kill you. So maybe like don't turn your yeah, back on the NC State wolf pack against Notre Dame. That's right. Uh, Colin, another home dog. How about Miami, the U, uh, three-and-a-half-point home dogs against Texas A&M. So this number's come down. This was four-and-a-half a couple days ago, now sitting at three-and-a-half. Total of 51, rematch of the game played last year. Uh, that game was in uh, Texas, and A&M won that game and covered the spread. What about A&M at Miami? 
yeah, this is a home dog I like. I would love a four. I don't see any more fours in the market, but I guess we all kind of beat it up this week. Uh, so I guess three and a half, you'll still have to play. I don't imagine this will cross three. Maybe some fours will pop tomorrow. But listen, uh, this is Bobby Petrino's offense on Texas A&M. There's no doubt. I don't care who's actually calling the plays. I don't care if he's on the sideline or up in the press box. When you're running four verticals and Connor Wiegman has increased his average depth of target from nine to 14 and a half yards, that shows me right there that this is Bobby Petrino's offense. And they look great. And I expect them to continue to be good. I just think that Miami has a defense that can keep up with it. But more importantly, Miami has an offense that can absolutely keep up with Texas A&M at this point. This is a game that really should be a pick em. Uh, and, and what you're telling me with this point spread, I, I don't know what Texas A&M has done to, to garner this kind of attention. I make the game two. So, uh, you know, Miami has – Tyler Van Dyke is back on track. He's got some explosive weapons on the outside. And finally, the offensive line is actually protecting him and plowing holes for the run game. So, you know, this isn't more of, I think, that they could win outright. The fact is, is I don't think anybody should be drawing any points here. So the fact you're getting points with Miami is the way to go. And, and Texas A&M, you know, they're going to be good from here on out. But at the same time, let's see him take on and let's see Bobby Petrino go up against a defense that can actually play in secondary. Colin, we got a, a couple minutes left. I kind of want to like guess the home dogs, but I'd rather just in case I miss one or whatever, I'd rather have you just kind of give out the full card here. So in like two minutes to go, these, I mean, you could be a favorite too, if you want to bet a favorite, but just like any of your favorite bets that we haven't yet talked about, like, I, I really think Arizona state's one for you. Maybe I'm wrong. Like that's a home dog too. Uh, but even if it's not a couple of your favorite bets here, we got two minutes to go. I do love Arizona state. Jaden Rashada, once he gets to his full potential, is just going to slam people. That, that game though, like barely beat Southern Utah after a sandstorm delay. Oklahoma State had problems with Central Arkansas. That game is, uh, I don't know if I can say the S word, but it's just a poop show all over the place, that game. But I do love Washington State as another one of the home dogs. Wisconsin struggling to shake off Buffalo there. Washington State kind of proved they're, they're still pretty good last week. And then another one is San Diego State taking on UCLA. UCLA going to Snapdragon Stadium. And I think what's important from last week's takeaway is that no matter how close Coastal got or no matter when Coastal had to leave, Chip Kelly's not changing what his plans are for the quarterback position. He's not going to play Dante Moore any more than Ethan Garbers until Dante Moore is about six to seven games in and he has experience to play in the Pac-12. That's just the way it is, and that's a limitation for UCLA right now. Now, San Diego State, Jalen Maiden is just running around like crazy, creating explosive with his legs. That's exactly what Brady Hoke and the entire San Diego State offense wants to do is get Maiden outside the pocket and try to create some explosive plays. You can see it in the market that – this is just uh, – it's not a good spot for UCLA whatsoever, and they're just going to be limited until they give Dante Moore the full reign. So, Colin, obviously, like, the college football bets are always tremendous. Uh, were you an NWO Wolfpack or NWO black and white guy back in the day? Oh, I was always Wolfpack. Where Sting went, I went. You know, I mean, it was – you know, I, I wasn't that big of a Luger fan, but any anytime Sting went somewhere, when Sting, you know, donned the Wolfpack, that, that was it for me. So, I, and, you know, I, I was a much bigger fan of the Wolfpack. Than I was black and white. I was always, I, I always had to rep my guy Hollywood Hogan. I was oh, yeah. NWO You're black a Conan and white. Guy? No, a... Ariba La Raza right. all day, every day. Uh, Colin, the best. Big bets on campus. Check it out. Uh, actionnetwork.com, Action Network app, on Twitter at underscore Colin Juan Colin with two L's, my friend. Uh, wishing you the best of luck with your bets, especially because it feels like I feel like Ken's on a lot of them, and then that means that I'm going to be on them oh, also. Yeah. So let's all win together, my friend. Enjoy. Thank you, guys. We will talk to Colin next week on a phenomenal football Friday. And how awesome is that? A lot of overlap. You know what else is great? Horvey. Mm. We'll be Horvey coming up next. Okay. Ryan Horvat joins Nick and Ken. Bang. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. <laughs>
on the BetQL network.